Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We're excited to have Susie Solomon, founder of the Pharmacist Moms Group, with us today. And I want to let everyone know that we now have an Instagram account. Talk to Your Pharmacist is on Instagram, so be sure to check us out there for photos and other fun updates. Uh, We also have some new things happening on the website at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Hill Blackburn. Uh, Lots of ways to be able to connect and look forward to hearing from you there. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Suzanne Solomon, is the Chief Academic Officer for the Accreditation Council for Medical Affairs, or ACMA, and is founder of the Pharmacist Moms Group, which is now at over 9,000 members, which is so exciting. She's a University of Illinois at Chicago PharmD graduate who went on to pursue additional training with an emphasis on education with a residency and teaching fellowship. Susie has worked as an MSL for Abbott and in academia before taking on the role at ACMA. Susie, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hi, Hillary. Thank you so much for having me. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in some gaps from that intro and tell us a little bit more about your personal life. Sure. So I'm born and raised in Chicago, and I went to school. I went to pharmacy school at University of Illinois. Um, I trained out there. I worked out there. And then I, um, back about eight years ago, I, I relocated out to the East Coast, and I'm currently living in New Jersey. Um, I am a mom and I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that has happened regarding with my career and, um, that has taken me a lot of places and that's really how I founded the pharmacist moms group. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I definitely want to, to get some more information on the pharmacist moms group and kind of more of the personal life, but let's first talk more about, uh, your role at ACMA. And, uh, and I do have a question. I noticed you had, had been to pre-pharmacy at Loyola. So I don't know if you're a basketball fan or not, but I'm sure that you're probably pretty proud of how far they went in the NCAA tournament this year. That is so funny. Yes, definitely. Um, so I did, I went to Loyola for my undergrad for my pre-farm and I think it was a shocker. I actually don't really follow basketball anymore. I don't even, I barely watch TV at all anymore. But when my brother went all of a sudden was texting me one day, he's like, have you heard about Loyola? Can you, and then I, and then I just immediately obviously started following. It was super excited. I mean, for them to get to the final four was amazing. And it just took me back to those years where I knew a lot of those basketball players at the time when I was in school. And I would have never thought Loyola would be in the final four, but it really, um, brought a lot of credibility to the to the institution, so I think that that was amazing. Um, I, yeah, very very excited, especially being out on, out here where 
um, on the East Coast. And a lot of people had never heard of Loyola. And then all of a sudden, everyone was talking about Loyola. And I could say, hey, I actually went to that school. It was exciting. Yeah, it was. It was a really fun story to watch. So I have, I wanted to be sure and ask about that too. Um, so Susie, tell us about your decision to get additional training to be an educator. And what do you do in your current role as chief academic officer at ACMA? Sure. So uh, during pharmacy school, I, I always... I did a rotation actually as a pharmacy student with one of the faculty members and I just really enjoyed that, that aspect of teaching and learning. And um, so when I did my residency and also I did a teaching fellowship, I knew that I wanted more training because all in pharmacy school, we're really prepared to become a pharmacist, but we didn't have the training on writing test questions and a lot of the educational um, background and components that you need to succeed as an educator. So I, I looked to do a, a residency in with a focus on education, and that was really important to me. Um, and throughout my career, so I was a clinical pharmacist, but I was faculty member. And then when I was an MSL, I actually developed an, a new role uh, where I was the MSL trainer, and I was developing training programs and an assessment examination for all of our MSLs to make sure that PharmDs, MDs, and PhDs were kind of all on the same uh, same level. And then I went back into academia as an assistant dean and I worked on assessment accreditation. I've loved um, publications and research. And so I, I loved academic research as well. Um, even as a student, um, I was interested in that. As a resident, I, I conducted a study on academic dishonesty in pharmacy school um, that was published as well. So it's always been an interest of mine. So when I relocated out to the East Coast, I unfortunately couldn't stay at University of Illinois as an assistant dean, where, and I love my job, but so I had to somehow find a role where I could still use my medical knowledge as a pharmacist, but help to develop programs and still couple that with the educational component. And uh, there was a role for me as a chief academic officer with the Accreditation Council for Medical Affairs. And really, in my role now, I develop, I help to develop all of the materials uh, for the board certification exam. I work with others, um, a lot of people who are EDDs and they don't have the pharmacy background. So we kind of work together or I'm working with physicians um, who have a different background. And we've developed a lot of the test questions and the assessments. I work on the accreditation of the program to help uh, provide all the accreditation. So really coupling my background in education and pharmacy education and also my background in pharmaceutical industry and putting them together. And the ASAMA is now a global company. We are all over. I work out of the New York office, but we have an office in Brazil. We have an office in India. We're also expanding out in the United Arab Emirates pretty soon. So it's very exciting. Um, we're featured on ABC News. There's so so much going on. So it's been, it's been very um, enjoyable and fun. Um, and I never really thought I would be where I am right now, but you can um, see how the two kind of went together and that educational component was there for me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you are able to do all of the things that you started out as an MSL, as a, as a trainer and use that experience to train many others in your current role. So that's that's really neat. Uh, so Susie, can you tell us a little bit more about what it means to get a board certification in um, medical affairs and how long has that been available? Sure. So the um, 
Board certification has been available for a little bit over two years. We currently have um, around 4,000 people who are enrolled in the program. Um, to become board certified as a medical affairs professional, um, you would have to have a doctorate degree. So definitely either a PhD, MD, or PharmD. Um, and what it really means is it can accelerate your career within pharma. And as you probably know, a lot of pharmacists who already they have um, are looking for careers, are looking for careers in pharma, um, and it, medical affairs has really expanded. It currently employs about 50% or more are pharmacists within medical affairs. So really to advance your career, to uh, help them find jobs or look for new jobs, it really gives them the background on, and knowledge on all different areas. Um, we also provide, as a side note, we are credentialed and we are approved by the city of Chicago to provide pharmaceutical sales training as well. So I helped develop that as well. And I'm currently working on another training program for pharmacy students because um, I, I'm presenting some research this summer at AACP. And um, we found that pharmacy students really need more information about careers in pharma. And so we're developing something related to that too. So there, there's a lot of things going on, um, but um, it really means to help solidify your career and show that you have a certain amount of knowledge, um, uh, you know, to show that you're benchmark. Yeah, absolutely. That That is very helpful. And uh, so what would you recommend to other pharmacists who are, are wanting to get into more of the, um, I guess, kind of consulting or because uh, you're doing a lot of consulting with your uh, education background. So it's it's a really neat mixture. I think a lot of times in pharmacy, when we say consultant, we kind of only think about um, the long-term care consultant pharmacist, but there's a lot of different options uh, to do consulting within uh, pharmacy. Right, right. There are so many opportunities. So I think it's really about finding what what you're knowledgeable of in and what, or what you like, and then finding an opportunity. So for me, I really coupled the background um, of the medical affairs background and then my academic background, and then I was able to provide that. So I provide knowledge, um, and if anyone has questions, you just really have to put yourself out there. And so it's not that consulting exactly the long-term care. You can become a consultant for clinical areas, specific areas, um, if you are interested in serving on a case for an attorney, if you have knowledge in a specific area. So there's there's a lot of ways to show what pharmacists know. And we have so much knowledge. And I really think that um, it goes well beyond just within the pharmacy. And it's um, really putting yourself out there and, and letting everyone know all, all that you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now let's let's get back into the pharmacist moms group. And uh, what was the driver in your decision to really create that group? And tell us how it got, that idea got started. Sure. So um, one night I was working late that evening and I had mom guilt that I'm sure a lot of working moms have. I missed my son's baseball game. I felt terrible. Um, it was about it was in the evening. My husband was sleeping. I looked over. He was just sound asleep. All my children were sleeping and I felt really bad. I live in a small town in, in New Jersey and I didn't want to post them. I belonged to my local Facebook group of moms and I didn't want to post that 
I was feeling terrible and I'm this terrible mom because I missed his game because a lot of them were probably at the game. So I was like, you know, let me invite some of my friends who are pharmacists and who I went to school with, did residency with, work with. And I invited about 50 and I just called it the pharmacist moms group. It was pretty generic. And, um, and I posted and I said, you know, my husband's sleeping and I can't sleep because I'm feeling bad. Does, has anyone else ever felt this way? And, and, you know, I had responses and all of a sudden people started inviting their friends and inviting their friends and inviting their friends and, um, and we've grown and um, in about 11 months, we're at 9,000 pharmacist moms and we are not just a group. We are really a mission. We recently um, had approved the first ever women pharmacist day that will be held October 12th of this year. So we really are trying to advance and help the profession, especially uh, for women pharmacists. That is so awesome. And there are so many women in the pharmacy profession. So uh, Susie, tell a little bit more about what members would expect when they join the group. I know you've got a, a conference that you're working on planning in December and you've got a lot of members, but is it kind of just a place for dialogue or, or what other things uh, would somebody expect if they wanted to join the Pharmacist Moms group? So I think the number one thing is support. We're really a support group. We're really a sisterhood. Or we're all about bringing everyone up. So we offer that. We offer references if someone has a question or, you know, they saw something new. And we help, I mean, even for myself in expanding my knowledge base, because I don't practice in every single area and I'm in the niche area, I learn something new. Like I'm learning about vaccines and things that I haven't seen um, just from this group and from other moms. So you're really learning um, a lot. And we are a very good support group to one another, helping each other, finding jobs, um, finding um, different areas, you know, about consulting if someone has a question. And also we're just, you know, what shoes are comfortable? What what are you doing? How are you doing your hair? What dress looks better? So we are, we also have that aspect where we're, we're a little fun as well. And um, the conference we're holding, we are planning to have CE at it. So we're looking to do some advocacy as well for pharmacists. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there are so many moms who are currently nursing and they don't even have a place to nurse. Um, some of them who work for retail chains, they have a dirty bathroom that hasn't been cleaned and that's where they're told to pump standing. So um, there's a lot of issues that we're looking to help to support and to bring a lot of awareness to that I don't think uh, people in higher level positions are aware of where um, what these moms are facing in their day-to-day -day, uh, work life. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so thankful that you've got such a great group of women and they are looking at issues just like that. So I think there's a lot of good things to come and, and look forward to seeing uh, more of the conferences and things. And uh, as, as people become mothers, they'll know that they can go ahead and have a support group and uh, some place to go to ask questions. So really exciting that, that the Pharmacist Moms group is out there. Um, so Susie, what are, excites you most about the future of pharmacy? I think that as pharmacists, we're going to have to reinvent ourselves. Um, I think, you know, years ago when I graduated, you just needed, I mean, pretty much you needed a pulse and you needed a, a license and you could get a job anywhere. And all my friends were getting jobs and getting sign-on bonuses. And 
Um, some of them even laughed at me for doing a residency and wanting to um, get further training. And I think um, what I'm excited about is that pharmacists in the future, it's not going to be um, that everyone has the same job, you know, and that jobs that we have now might not have been there. I can speak for myself. I work for the only accredited program in medical affairs. We offer this nation, this world global certification in medical affairs, and we're the largest. And that company wasn't around when I graduated. So it just goes to show you that things are changing. And I was the first PharmD on the team, and now we've expanded. We have eight PharmDs on the team. So um, really, pharmacists are finding different roles. We have the education to back it, um, whether it's in clinical pharmacy and expanded roles or how pharmacists are now prescribing birth control and it's uh, legal in many of the states. So I think that... um, Pharmacy is really changing and that we're right at that point where we need to find other options for ourselves. And we, you know, and even what you're doing, I mean, these podcasts, these are great that, you know, you get to really learn about different fields that, that we might not necessarily have been taught in school. And, um, but that pharmacy is one of those fields where you can, you can do so much with it. Absolutely. That's so helpful. And Susie, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? So for this is a great question. I think, you know, I think I thought my life was all planned out. And I was one of those people that I said, you know, when I was 18, I said, oh, I'm going to apply to pharmacy school. And I'm going to be a pharmacist and I'm going to graduate at this age and I'm going to work, you know, I thought I was going to work retail pharmacy my entire career and have, you know, two kids and this white picket fence. And I think that life threw a lot of curveballs at me and in a good way. So I think that um, to someone graduating now, you don't necessarily know what, what's going to happen. I never thought I would leave Chicago. Um, so that was something very big that happened to me and living in a new state and trying, you know, to develop my career out here and, and my family. So I think that, um, you know, I would tell my younger self that don't worry and that everything ends up working out. Um, it does really work out. And I, I really believe that. I feel that um, you have to take risks and that if you take those risks that sometimes you fail and you learn from those failures. But if you take them, then eventually success is going to will happen and that, um, you know, it's, it's not final that, you know, nothing's in that failure is not fatal. I think that that's, you know, really important too. So um, there's actually a quote from Winston Churchill that I, that I love that success is not final and failure is not fatal, but it's really your courage that that matters. And I think that's what I would tell anyone graduating or even my younger self that you really have to just keep going. Yeah, that's, that's great. And that is so true because, you know, I think, many pharmacists kind of think that they have a plan. And and now I think that uh, the schools of pharmacy do such a great job of showing all of the different options uh, that pharmacists have, different career paths. But, you know, for a long time, we kind of only had an or envisioned retail or hospital pharmacy. And when, uh, you know, those options don't necessarily kind of, or when your life doesn't necessarily go down that path, it's good to be able to take risks, as you mentioned, and because there are opportunities. And so looking and going through those open doors and open opportunities um, may lead to other fun things. So 
it was such a pleasure to have you on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. And thanks for being with us today, Susie. Thanks so much, Hillary. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. And if anyone wants to connect with the Pharmacist Moms Group, it is at pharmacistmomsgroup.com. There's also a Facebook group that is very active. And as Susie mentioned, there's going to be a conference coming up soon. So lots of great ways to connect with other moms out there. And if you want to hear more of uh, this episode or or get to check out the show notes, uh, be sure to check out www.pharmacyadvisory.com. We have all of the show notes up there and have some fun updates. Uh, If you'll be following me on uh, Instagram, Talk to Your Pharmacist is on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at Hill Blackburn. Uh, And if you want to check out some fun resources, we have uh, resources that we'll be sharing at www.pharmacyadvisory.com slash resources. And in next week's episode, you'll get to hear from Dr. Scott Chelson, who is with Nova Southeastern College of Pharmacy. He's got a lot of fun things about branding and doing public speaking and promoting uh, the message of pharmacy.